Hey there, amplifiers. One of the coolest things I get to do is connect with amplifiers in the world that have talked the talk, walked the walk, and have the story to tell. I'm really excited about today's guest because he's experienced some things that a lot of people strive to experience. They're working really hard to have happen and cultivate in their lives, and he's done it. And not only that, he continues to help other people grow and amplify to take themselves to higher and higher levels. Uh, so without further ado, I'd like to welcome to Growth Amplifiers, Mark Coudre of Coudre Growth Technologies. Uh, Mark, thank you for being here today. Happy to be here. Mark, your, your background is really impressive. You've achieved a lot of different things. And some people who may are be tuning on right now may not be aware of some of the awesome successes that you've accomplished. Um, could you help us by getting us tuned into your history and how you got to be to the successful person that you are today? Well, it's really weird for me to talk about myself. <laughs> I, I'm not driven by accolades or awards, but they're more of a measurement of other people's recognition of being able to do things. And I'm a huge huge believer in mission, vision, and core value alignment. So mm -hmm. doing things that are clear to me and to my clients and whether we align together. My personal mission statement, which has driven me my entire life, is to find a better way and share it with others. All of my companies that I have built over the years, over 50 years in business, have been as incubators for the ideas that I have because they tend to be kind of ahead of the market mm -hmm. and mostly considered kind of like, wow, he's just way out there. He does, you know, he's just way beyond uh, this. And um, that never bothers me because everything I try and do is based on being able to justify it with the math and with the science behind it. If I can find the physics or the chemistry or the math to make it work, then I know it's legit and it's not just a sales or marketing scam that perpetrates so much of our business world today. So I always validate it based on the numbers, right? My very first company I started when I was 19 with $200 in my parents' garage was a screen printing company, printing t-shirts. And people, you know, I was most likely to succeed in high school, top of my class, all that kind of stuff, a class of 750. So it was a pretty big class. And the expectation was I was going to go to engineering or law or doctor or something like that. But I focused on what I saw as really a really potential from a contrarian point of view. And the contrarian point of view was that the screen printing process which is viewed primarily as an art kind of thing or a craft. It's the most versatile imaging process in the graphics industry at that time. Now digital is beginning to erode in that space. But I saw it as a craft that was becoming a process. And instead of becoming a mechanical engineer, going to work for Boeing or Northrop and just being another anonymous engineer, designing parts that would end up in the tail of a jet at 
50,000 feet that nobody would ever know about, I saw it as a possibility to really change an industry with math and science. And that's what I did as I went to, I started my company to prove that we could create high resolution images on fabric, which was non-dimensionally stable. So it was the hardest thing that you could print on. And if you could <laughs> get that figured out, then it wouldn't matter whether you were printing on paper or glass or wood or whatever, it would work. So that's what I did. And I ran my business as a commercial enterprise while I got my degree. And my degree is basically in printing engineering. Uh, it's how an image gets from a machine to a substrate or a material that you're printing on. It doesn't matter what it is, whether it's a potato chip bag or fabric or whatever. So I looked at this very much from the uh, engineering perspective. I ran my business full-time while I was getting my degree full-time, had five full-time employees by the time I graduated, took my last final went from my final to the bank and signed the loan documents on my on the automation of the company. And from that point, we went from 200,000 in annual revenue to 4.5 million in 18 months. Wow. And that was without any kind of uh, computers or spreadsheets or internet or social media or email or fax. It was really primitive. Oh my goodness. Um, and so- you know, it was like, how did you do that? Oh, no outside financing. This was all bootstrapped. So the question was, how did I do that? Well, it was brand new territory. Nobody was doing what I was doing. And I created a process that has carried now for 50 years. And it's everywhere. Everyone, you know, our clients over the years have been uh, major brands like Disney and Nike and Adidas and then uh, NFL and NASCAR uh, Apple computer was one of our first clients, uh, between the late seventies and 1993, uh, we did all the t-shirts for Apple. Um, we did all of the t-shirts for the soft, uh, the software launches for Adobe, uh, through the nineties into the two thousands, uh, even as late as 2010 or so. So when it came to really high resolution, full color, we were the ones that figured this stuff out, but more importantly, I was interested in the business systems that were underlying it. Mm. And by the mid 2000s, the aughts, 05, 06, I realized that most small businesses were not profitable enough to invest in the emerging digital technologies and what it was going to take to transition from analog to digital. So that's what's occupied me for the last 18 years is uh, making companies hyper profitable in a highly commoditized industry. Doesn't matter what industry it is. Uh, I can make any company competitively unique. So they stand out and that takes them to double digit profitability um, within a few months. Number one, that is outstanding. Um, you always hear the importance of doing something that's innovative and your story is all about really the impact when you can really go above of what everyone else is doing the test of time. That's how you hit the ground running. And then you, you can tell you're a student of knowledge, right? You read a lot, you continue to study, you're looking at the bigger principles, you get values pull you forward, which I love. And now you're helping people who 
are suffering because they they've gotten themselves in that commoditized space and they can only compete on price differentiate and become profitable through many different means how, how do you connect with people and get this message to them um and there's so many there's so much noise like you mentioned earlier there's so much noise of people saying oh that there's a quick fix there's the easy button how do you get that out there separating the signal for noise is the really key element um right from the get-go people say how in the heck were you able to grow so fast mm-hmm. and the answer was i didn't hang out with the minnows i went to where the big fish live i started producing product speculative samples for major consumer products right away i pitched coca-cola i pitched miller brewing i pitched country time lemonade they all turned me down because I was 23 at the time. And I was like, who's going to, you know, this kid can't do this. Coke gave me an order for 5,000 shirts, but it was a one color white on red. I'll take it. <laughs> but here's the thing. I knew that that was going to happen. I knew that the corporations were, they had their own branding models and they were, they had their own methodology that they worked with. But by pitching them and showing that I had enough courage to bring them something that they had never seen before. When they turned me down, I went to tier two. So I pitched the whales knowing that that I couldn't deal with the whales. Mm-hmm. And then I went for the marlin and the salmon, which I could definitely do. And so then I, I said, well, this is what we did for Coke. And this is what we did for Miller. And this is what we did for Country Time. It's true that I did that for them. Mm-hmm. Buy it. They connected the dots on their own. And I started getting 5,000, 10,000, 25,000, 50,000 piece orders. And once I started developing a portfolio that was proven on time delivery within budget, exactly as I specified, that reputation propagated. And all of a sudden we became the go-to company for doing this kind of stuff. And it was years and years and years ahead of the curve. That's, that is remarkable. And I love the gumption of, you know, aiming high. They tell you to aim high, but then we, a lot of people, including myself, when I got started, I was like, uh, I don't know if I could do that. So let me start. Let me start with what I I know I can handle. But it's it's really the scenic route. <laughs> it's really the scenic route. It's when the hard you... route. It's the work hard, get old route. Yeah, you know, and it's all about work hard, get ahead. I I. One of the things that I really, really disagree with in today's world with today's generation, Gen Z and millennials, is this hustle and grind mentality. Hmm. Hustle and grind is this is the fastest way to burn yourself out. You're going to use the most productive times of your life and just overwhelm it with non-productivity. Um, the startup culture, we could spend a whole session just on the startup culture and what a, what a fallacy it is. Um, But everybody's about the side hustle and the side gig. And, you know, they want to do their own deal. That's fine. But think a little bit further ahead than just the, the, you know, the, the current influencer mentality or the current uh, opportunistic transactionally based opportunity that presents itself. You want something that's sustainable into the future. That's very smart. I know I got, I guess, pulled into that mindset of here's the easy button. And 
there's a smart button. <laughs> there's a there's a smart button, but I wouldn't say there's just an easy shortcut. There's doing things right and doing being consistent, um, and being smart about how you're doing things. But the just trying to listen to someone tell you there's a shortcut and everything's just going to be really easy. I think you get, you do got to work through some challenges and to persevere through that. For some of the people right now that are tuned in, we're, we're really talking to a lot of accountants and CFOs yeah. and people oh, yeah. that's in the financial space, which is continually being commoditized. Um, they're trying to help their clients become more profitable and, and, and achieve financial clarity. How, how can you give them some advice from what you've learned to maybe help them see things a bit differently or, or take new steps into their future? All right. So what I'm going to say next is not meant as criticism. Mm -hmm. it, it's more reflective of the environment. Mm -hmm. I've been huge promoter of financial competency and financial literacy on the business side, understanding your books, understanding your financial statements, balance sheet, cash flow statement, income statement, all of that. And I worked with organizations like Profit First very, very closely and very aggressively since 2017. I was the Profit First Professional of the Year in 2019 for the entire organization. And awesome. I've been, I'm really close with Mike and Ron and, you know, all the people within that organization. I'm a mastery member, mm -hmm. uh, which is their top group of performers. Mm -hmm. And my experience as a business owner and coach um, is that whether they like to admit it or not, the accountants and the bookkeepers are driven by procedure. They're driven by compliance. They're driven by this number belongs in this box and it's got to be balanced exactly where it's going to be. And there's, I have no complaint with that. I have nothing uh, negative to say about that. But what mm -hmm. I find is as they move from this rules-based model, which is completely um, being commoditized and gobbled by automation, digital automation, Right. They're, they're asking to move into the advisory space to advise their businesses, and they are completely ill-prepared to do this. And the reason I say that they're ill-prepared to do this is because they're driven by this number in a box, and there's only one way to do this kind of mentality. They lack the ability to have perspective. So when I look at commoditized businesses, and this is one of the things that I specialize in, is mm -hmm. being any business in any industry and make them competitively unique. That means no competition. And That's when awesome. I started doing this uh, aggressively in 2013, 2014, 2015, I built an AI model in 2015 and 2016 to identify the patterns that were hiding within the obvious patterns. So think about it like I'm looking for a pattern. That pattern is a camouflaged hunter hiding in the bushes until he moves he's going to blend in perfectly so that's a, a perspective those patterns are competitive perspectives so far we found 24 competitive perspectives most people only know lower your price right <laughs> that's their strategy um we've stat we've we've 
studied value very, very closely. I've come up with six value models going from the very worst model, which 85% of small businesses use, 80% of small businesses use this worst model. The next, the next worst model is used by the next 15%. So 95% of small business owners are using the two absolute worst models that are driving towards zero as opposed to driving towards infinite value. Holy right? moly. <laughs> yeah, it's the math. Look at the math, right? And so the ideal business model is a model that has an investment perspective. And that investment perspective is, give me a dollar, I'm going to give you $10 of new revenue back. How many times do you want to do that with me? That That's a never-ending it's a never-ending cycle there. <laughs> continue. Yeah, continue. Yeah. This is what 98% of people say. Mm-hmm. My response to that is, what happens when you get tired of handing me $1 bills? Hmm. Connect the dots. What have I been handing you back? $10. Here's 100 Yeah. Let's How raise times- it. How many times are you going to do that with me? Raise the bar. <laughs> exactly. Let's party. <laughs> Realize that when you create a business value model for your clients that is clearly tied to a multiple of outcome, you know, they throw out ROI. That ROI is just a throwaway term until you can make it concrete for the business. When you can make it concrete for the business and the, and the ROI is massive for what they invest with you, I've literally had clients come to me and say, what's the most expensive thing you could sell me? My gosh. Because they know that they're going to get a multiple of that. That's part of my core values. You're always going to get a greater ROI. It's guaranteed. I will guarantee the ROI for any given situation. He's the master amplifier. (laughs) Exactly. And amplification starts off with, 11, turn the dial to 11, right? Right. When you start turning it to 11, what are you doing? You're adding all kinds of noise and distortion to that, to the volume that's coming out. I prefer to create a, a lineage or a line of leverage where Mm -hmm. the one lever gives you an amplified result. The next step leverages that amplified result for a higher amplification. So you end up with compound leverage. And so this is literally a scenario where 1% and 2% and 3% movements can lead to a 400, 500, 600 or greater improvement. And sometimes in profit, I've seen it go up 50, 60 times, 5,000% improvement. It's crazy. And it's it is crazy. Effort, with less effort. It's this is this is uh work less, make more. Is the opposite of work hard, get old. I l- love your approach. I love what you're doing. For some people are tuned in, they're like, okay. How is um, too good to be true. Yeah, I've heard people say similar things before, and people have said some similar things before, but they couldn't deliver on it. You have the background, you have proof of concept, but Again- the math if the math works and you can create a mathematical model that shows how it works and why it works 
it's not smoke and mirrors. Mm. It's not smoke and mirrors. And the challenge that I find more than anything else is that almost all small business owners have been indoctrinated with propaganda around how to how to drive their business. The, this is well-meaning advice that's fundamentally wrong, right? One of the biggest ones besides uh, work hard, get ahead is build a better mousetrap, right? So the innovative model, true innovation, and I've spent a year, I mean, I've spent 50 years innovating. Literally some of the innovations that we created took 25 years before the market recognized what we were doing. Because we kept spinning the cycle and iterating, and we got too far ahead to where they could even comprehend what we were doing. So understanding that you've got to meet your market where they are, but only one or two steps ahead, because that's all they can understand. Everything else is too good to be true, mm. right? And so that one or two steps is non-sustainable because your competitors can say, well, of course, that's exactly, that's exactly what we're going to do, right? And so they'll, they'll knock off what you're doing. They'll undercut the price. They'll have you spend your R&D money to create the new idea and educate the market on why it's good. And then they come in and undercut you and you've spent all your money. You can't market now. So what happens? You go out of business and the big companies pick you up for 10 cents on the dollar during bankruptcy and they get the innovation. They've got the market distribution. They've got the, the market adoption at that point and the market awareness and they capitalize on everything that you've done. Hey there, this is Kenny from Growth Amplifiers, here to ensure you get your awesome ideas into action to grow and improve your business and achieve your full potential. Take the first step by visiting growthamplifiers.com and clicking the Start Here button. Take the assessment to get your personalized score. Then select from free resources to learn how to improve your score. Don't wait. Be proactive and take action now by visiting growthamplifiers.com and clicking the Start Here button. And always keep on amplifying. Now. Let's get back to the show. Criminal, criminal. But uh, so those people are, who are probably just chomping at the bit and they want to learn more about how you provide value, how they can learn from you and see how you might be able to help them. Where could they go and what's something they could do? Well, the program that I teach uh, is called Catalyst Plan. And they can go to catalystplan.com. They can kind of see how I do this. I do it through nine phases, nine steps. After running this now for a whole bunch of years, uh, the typical business will add 100000 to a $1 million of top-line revenue in 12 months. And they only use the first three, maybe four modules of the nine steps. My goodness. I just got too far ahead, but they see the road. They see the roadway. They're getting the results and it takes them that long to untrack their mind from their falsely held beliefs that literally become self-limitation. Uh, yes, we, we definitely can train our minds to the box. You've, you've heard that how to train a flea <laughs> example. Yeah. You right. put a lid on it and bing, bing, bing. He's like, right. all right, that's good. That's all I could do. <laughs> I'm going to stop so now. That's the way they train elephants and, every, and you know, and, and all animals is they create a limitation that demoralizes them. 
And then they remove the constraint and they're still holding themselves back because they've been, um, the feedback cycle has been negative for so long that they just don't consider the fact that the circumstances could change. So this is why why my core value or my mission in life is to find a better way and share it with others is that we are incredibly self-limiting in our beliefs and limitations. And I constantly look back and, and play the game of what does the old Mark say to the young Mark if I had to do this all over again? <laughs> if I had to say that and do that all over again, I would absolutely pound into the brains of anybody that is that is in business for themselves top line is vanity bottom line is sanity if you're not making a solid net profit you're not sustainable you're just going to chase your tails and with that sustainability uh, of profitability you want to take a significant amount of that and invest it in a way that creates compound leverage because you won't see any results for 10 years 20 years but in year 22 or 23, the whole thing's going to take off like a hockey stick and you'll guarantee your future moving forward. And if there's ever a time in the history of this country to be thinking this way, it's right now because we can't rely on any of the institutions that we've traditionally relied on. Any of the mechanisms of financial models are all being disrupted. But compound compound interest is a universal fact of the of the universe. Uh, so look at it that way. So definitely uh, check out the Mark's website and Mark the, is there a, an action that they should take when they visit it? Well, when they go there, they can, they can uh, schedule an appointment if they want if they want to learn more about what it is for themselves. And what I would advise is if you're running a business and if your business is in the million to $10 million range, that's the area that I like to work with the most because business owners are still active. They can make active decisions and they can act quickly. I've worked as high as 200 million in revenue. Mm -hmm. I don't like that because the larger companies are so stratified and they become so political and you know, the, the individual agendas of the, of the department heads and the marketing and everybody's got their own agenda. And a lot of times they're self-defeating to the organization. I've seen it. I used to work in an advertising agency. I'm not going to name a name, but I literally heard them say, yes, we're approved to waste this money. So that's what we'll do. So, okay. That's, ridiculous sustainable it's it's not a good idea yeah so um really exciting um now you've got a, a library of books behind you i'm curious if you had um, a book or two that you'd suggest for other amplifiers that might feed their brain feed their minds so every book that you see this these are just two of my nine bookshelves <laughs> all of the green dots are books that i've read the books that have a gold sticker on them like this, I've read six times or more. Well, uh, the single biggest recommendation that I would have is this book here. It was written originally in 1962. This is the fifth edition, which was written in 1985. But it's called The Diffusion of Innovations. And what it is, is the first really academic 
study that looked at how innovation is presented to a population and how it's diffused into that population. And most people that you know are looking at innovation and you're doing startups and disruption, they're familiar with the innovator, early adopter, early mainstream, late mainstream, and laggard model. That is the popularization of what diffusion of innovation is. This is the substance. The other stuff was crossing the chasm by Jeffrey Moore in 1993. That made it aware to everyone in the tech space. But this is what every major business in the world today follows this model. And once you understand it, you'll understand how far you can go ahead of the market, how far you have to go ahead of the market and to help you understand your investment and your timing and delivery and communication uh, and validation of what you're trying to do and how you connect with the market itself. So that would be the single the single best one. I highly appreciate you sharing that. It's going on my reading list for sure. Uh, I don't have as many bookshelves as you do, <laughs> but I do have a decent amount of audiobooks. Maybe I'd have more if I had some audiobooks in print form. I do have some, times I'll get both, but um, Mark, you've been an amazing inspiration to me and to many others. And um, you've already shared some nuggets of golden wisdom. One of the things that we, the ways that we end this show is, is to see if you'd share something that you've learned on your journey that might be helpful for others on theirs. Uh, just a closing piece of advice that you think would be worth putting out there in the world well we've we as we experience life there are high highs and there are low lows i went through a period with my family of the lowest of lows in 2010 to 2012 um i don't want to go into details of it we don't have time for that but it was just crazy and basically what happened is we burned off and expended 40 years worth of wealth generation because we were unprepared for disruption, unexpected disruption. So whether that disruption is economic in nature, medical in nature, workplace shooting, embezzlement, COVID, whatever, mm -hmm. literally 100% of my colleagues, when I looked in retrospect, they were as exposed as I was. They were just not considering what was happening until it hit. Having gone through COVID with everyone, I did a, a webinar two days after the shutdown on how to, how to deal with this disruption. And we maxed out both sessions at 500 people because nobody knew what to do. And they were just freaked out. They were panicked out of the whole thing. What I've learned, and this is uh, something that I live with every single day of my life, is whatever event happens for you, whatever happens, whether you run out of gas in your car, whether you are in an accident or whether you have an employee walk out, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. There's only three things that can happen moving forward and two of them are bad. The positive aspect is this event will move me closer to my end goal. The worst, the, the next thing is this will definitely not move me toward my goal. It's not worth considering wasting time, investing time in on that. The worst scenario is what I refer to as the middle finger solution, which is, I don't know. I'm going to have to think about that. I'm going to have to look into this. I'm going to have to study it. 
that tells me that we don't have clarity in life. That to recognize the positivity, I can take any event and pot, find a way of looking at that event to move me closer to my end goal. That is the secret currency of a mental mind shift as opposed to a mental mindset of, oh my God, this is going to kill us. Oh my God, this is going to hold us back. Look at this last week. I don't know if you saw Elon Musk in the New York Times uh, interview when he would, when they were uh, Disney and Apple and everybody uh, were pulling their advertising from X mm -hmm. and Elon said, F you, mm -hmm. you're advertising. Right. If you you're going to extort me, blackmail me with money. You're going to blackmail me with money. <laughs> that was complete control. That was magnificent in terms of his ability. He knew exactly where he's going. They thought they would control his dialogue and his presence economically. And he said, not important. Doesn't matter. I've got 50 different ways that I can make this work. And, and, it was, it was just brilliant. I mean, I've, I've replayed that thing probably 20 times just for the psychological value of the clarity that he had in that situation. Politics aside, whatever, whatever that is, I don't care about that. I'm looking at how he handled that unexpected scenario. Chances are he already probably thought about that ahead of time and had already figured it out. So that, that one tool and technique is something that I use every single day when a situation presents itself and I deal with a client or a prospect or someone that I know that's completely flustered and in chaos about what do I do? What do I do? Only three things that can happen and two of them are bad, right? And if, if they can't answer what's your exit, what's your big goal, then we spend time talking about that and put it in context. And that lowers the temperature of the discussion almost instantly. Brilliant. Uh, it's it's truly an honor to have you as a guest and to have you share your wisdom with the audience. Uh, you're such an amplifier and highly appreciate that, Mark. Thank you so much. I very much enjoy it. I would love to come back at some future time and you know share more perspectives, more investigations, more you know explorations. Um, Dive deeper into the. <laughs> it's I mean it's like the rabbit hole. You know once you're in. It's the deeper you go and the deeper you go, the more interesting it becomes. Thank you so much. And amplifiers, if you are not taking an action from here, you're, you're asleep at the wheel. Uh, take something that you've learned today, whether it's a piece of information or a piece of advice and put it into action. Keep on amplifying, be the amazing person you are. Thank you much. To show your support, take a moment to amplify this message by sharing it online. To connect with me or gain more business growth insights, visit www.growthamplifiers.com. Thank you for your support.